Favorite books for grades one through three on American history and world history. Welcome to the Simply Charlotte Mason podcast. I'm Sonia Schaefer. Today, I'd like to share some of my favorite living books for early elementary students, those in grades one through three, covering history during the years of 1550 to 1850 or so. I'm going to share titles for both American history and world history during that era, often called early modern. I think it's helpful to study American history in the context of world history because the events are often interrelated. American history did not happen in a vacuum, and you can help a child understand the bigger picture when you read about world history alongside it. In a previous episode, I shared my top picks for this time period that the whole family could enjoy together. Those are my favorite spine books. The titles I'm going to share today focus on specific people or events during that time period. You can use them to branch off that overview spine and elaborate on certain parts or dive into more details on a person's life. I'll start with my favorite American history books for grades 1 through 3 and then move to world history books. We'll leave a timestamp in the notes for those of you who just want the world history picks, so you can easily skip to where those reviews start. And by the way, when I say that these books are for grades 1 through 3, I do not mean that they are written on those grade levels for the children to read. We expect you to read these books aloud to the children during those grades. They can comprehend a higher level when they listen to a book than they can read for themselves at this age. So I simply mean that these books' ideas and content are appropriate and would be interesting for children about ages 6 to 9. All right, first, American history. These books focus on colonial America and the Revolutionary War. First, The Pilgrims of Plymouth by Marcia Sewell. This wonderful account of the pilgrims who came to America on the Mayflower and established Plymouth Plantation is written as though the pilgrims are telling their story. In fact, quotes from their journals are interwoven throughout the narrative. Though this is technically a picture book, there is a lot of text. Don't try to read the whole thing in one sitting. It would be too much to absorb well. Happily, the book is already divided into sections. I recommend reading each section in a separate sitting. Your children will hear about the pilgrims and their story, and it's told in past tense. The rest of the sections describe everyday life for the men folk, for the women folk, and the children and young folk. Those are all written in present tense, as in, we rise each day as the sun comes up. The final short section gives a quick concluding page about their plantation and their hopes and dreams for it. Next is a trilogy for young students. We have Samuel Eaton's Day, Sarah Morton's Day, and Tappanum's Day. 
All three are by Kate Waters. These three books build off of the Marcia Sewell book and give an even more vivid look at everyday life during pilgrim times. Samuel Eaton and Sarah Morton are children in Plymouth Plantation. Tapnum is a Wampanoag Indian who lives near the plantation. So the three books give a wonderfully balanced view of daily life during that era. And I love that these books are illustrated with photographs taken on site. They make these descriptions of long ago very living and relatable. The three books are meant to be a trilogy, so enjoy them that way. Next I have The Courage of Sarah Noble by Alice Dogliush. This Newbery Honor book is not long, but it packs many important ideas in its 11 chapters. Sarah Noble is eight years old when her father treks into the Connecticut wilderness to build their family a new home. Mother has a new baby who cannot make the trip, so Sarah goes along with father in order to cook for him. As you read this story, your children will gain strong ideas about what courage looks like. Not in crisis situations necessarily, but in the midst of the challenges that each day brings. He'll also gain ideas about living peacefully with the Native Americans as friends and neighbors. In fact, Father and Sarah become such good friends with their Indian neighbors that eventually Father leaves Sarah with them while he goes back to fetch Mother and the rest of the family. Your child will also pick up the subtle idea that even young children can be a help to their parents and the family. This is a true story. Can your eight-year-old do the cooking? That's a powerful idea. But it's not pushed in your face or pointed out. It's simply a foundational part of the story. And your child will benefit from that nod toward responsibility and helping. Through all of Sarah's experiences, traveling in the wilderness, establishing a household, helping her father, and interacting with neighbors who have a different culture, your children will learn many lessons about life in the early 1700s and today. Benjamin Franklin by Ingrid and Edgar Dallaire the Dallaires have written many wonderful titles covering American history, and I especially like this one on Benjamin Franklin. The detailed illustrations have mottos from Poor Richard's Almanac tucked into them, and the narrative includes personal touches that make the historical figure very personable, relatable, and memorable. For example, Benjamin's father used to take a long time saying grace whenever the family sat down to eat. And one day, when Benjamin was a young boy, he remarked, Father, think of all the time you could save if you would thank the Lord once and for all for the whole larder. Young children can definitely relate to that situation. Now don't try to read this book all in one sitting. Take it in small portions with time to ponder all of the ideas it presents. And look for the Dallaire books on Pocahontas and George Washington. 
Plus, you could read their books on Buffalo Bill and Abraham Lincoln as you begin to transition into studying modern times. They are wonderful authors and wonderful books. The last American history book is Tulliver's Secret by Esther Wood Brady. This adventure story is a great way to make the Revolutionary War come alive for your child. And I can do no better than share some of the back cover text. Ellen Tulliver is shocked to learn that her grandfather is a patriot spy. Then he's injured on the day of an important mission, and she's the only one who can take his place. It's the last thing shy, timid Ellen wants to do, but her grandfather and her country are depending on her. It seems simple. Take a boat across New York Harbor and deliver a loaf of bread with a secret message for General Washington baked inside. But things don't go as planned. It's a great historical fiction that your child is sure to enjoy. All right, now for my favorite world history titles on this same era, about 1550 to 1850 or so. Remember the Spine book, Stories of the Nations, that I mentioned in that other episode will give the full range of those years' events and activities. But these books that I'm listing today are great for focusing on specific people or portions of those years. First, a Lion to Guard Us by Clyde Robert Bulla. Another great historical fiction. This one is based on true incidents. Be sure to read the historical note at the end of the book. No spoilers. Three years ago, Amanda's father left for the new colony of Jamestown in America. He was planning to come back and get them, but it's been a long time with no word of his whereabouts. And when her mother dies, Amanda becomes the head of the family and decides to take her brother and sister to America to find their father. The ocean crossing is long and hard, and when the ship wrecks, the children find themselves on an island rather than their intended destination. What happens next you'll have to read about for yourself. You may remember this author, Clyde Robert Bulla, from a book I recommended for studying the Middle Ages called Viking Adventure. He's an excellent children's writer with many wonderful titles to his credit, and this book is no exception. Next is Dangerous Journey by Oliver Hunkin. John Bunyan was a key author during early modern times, and I wanted to give my children an introduction to his story of the Pilgrim's Progress as we studied this time period. Unfortunately, most of the children's versions of that classic just don't do it justice. But then I found Dangerous Journey. This book preserves the feel and the picturesque language of the original while still making it accessible to young children. The illustrations also help the children follow the storyline quite easily. This version is broken up into chapters that break the story into main events and give good portions for reading sessions. Now, is this a replacement for the original? No, I still encourage the children to read the original when they are older. 
but Dangerous Journey is a trustworthy introduction when they're young. Can't You Make Them Behave, King George? by Jean Fritz. Jean Fritz has such a great sense of humor and a keen love for history. This book will give your child a view of America's war for independence from a British perspective. And your child will learn a lot about King George III, his life, and what it was like to be king. The author includes lively and interesting tidbits about his habits and thought processes, making his story come to life in your child's mind. A great book to encourage your child to consider both sides of a conflict. Sadly, the publisher has recently changed the cover art on this book, but try not to let that deter you from all the good that is inside. Out of Darkness, the Story of Lewis Braille by Russell Friedman. Russell Friedman's books are usually recommended for an older age group, but this one has a different feel from his others. Out of Darkness is still an interesting narrative, well-written and historically authentic, as are his other titles. But this one is half-size and divided into short chapters with beautiful pencil sketch illustrations. Take your time working through it. And as with any great living book, your older children might want to listen in too. And don't be surprised if reading this book sparks an intense interest to learn Braille, or at least experiment with it. If you know a person who uses Braille, you might want to arrange a live demonstration or two and help your children formulate questions to ask that friend. The story of Lewis Braille is a great opportunity to study history and expand your child's present world at the same time. Let me add a couple of bonus titles for world history, too. Starry Messenger by Peter Siss. I'm mentioning this one only because it's a good introductory biography to Galileo in short but surprisingly complete statements. However, my one reserve with this title is the artwork. The illustrations are quite unusual, and some of them might be too intense for your child, especially the ones near the back of the book where the author is telling about Galileo's fears when summoned before the Pope. But other illustrations are just fascinating. So preview all of the pictures in this book and discern whether it would be a good fit for your child. The last bonus title I want to share is Galileo's Leaning Tower Experiment by Wendy McDonald. This is another great picture book about Galileo. And this one focuses on one incident in Galileo's life, the experiment he conducted to test whether heavier objects fall faster than lighter objects, as was commonly believed. This retelling has an element of historical fiction to it, as the story is told from a young Italian boy's perspective as helper to Galileo in his experiment. The illustrations are just fabulous, painted by a very talented Italian artist, and they will give your child an authentic look at where Galileo lived.
It's one of my favorite picture books for early elementary students. So, those are my favorite titles for grades 1 through 3, covering the early modern time period in both American history and world history. These are the same titles that are used in our daily lesson plans for this time period, called Early Modern and Epistles. Those plans lay out exactly which of the books to read when and how much to read in each sitting. They also give narration reminders and helpful exam questions at the end of every term to encourage your child to recall and relate his favorite parts from these great books. And the lesson plans include the family books that I mentioned in that previous episode, plus the books for all of the grade levels. I'll be covering those picks in future episodes, but hey, if you want a sneak peek at my favorite early modern titles for grades 4 through 12, too, you'll find them in that book's resource list and daily plans. I'll leave a link to it in the show notes. If you enjoyed this video, subscribe through iTunes, Facebook, YouTube, Google Play, Instagram, or your favorite podcast app so you don't miss an episode. You can also subscribe to the audio version of this podcast or read the blog post on our website at simplycharlottemason.com. All of those links will be in the notes, along with links to the books that I mentioned. Thanks for joining me. See you next time.